there. Welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimek. Glad to be with you on this Monday, June the 7th. Today we're going to talk about how we can comfort others, especially, um, you know, this came to me as I was listening to the Mass readings today, especially when it comes to anxiety. Now, as you know, probably if you listen to this program, I do a lot of speaking and writing about how Jesus has helped me to overcome the anxiety in my life, and he really has. He's done tremendous things for me, and I and, and I want to share what he's done with me, for me, with others. And what we're going to hear in the, in the first reading from today's Daily Mass is St. Paul telling us that one of the things we should do as, as the Lord comforts us, we should go out and comfort others. Well, how can we do that? How can we show other people what the Lord has done for us? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and I think one of the ways that we could do it is so simple that we often forget, or we don't even we don't even spend time thinking about it. One of the best ways we can show what the Lord has done for us, or how He works in our lives, is by looking joyful. All right, it's just, and and we're going to see something in the Psalms that points to that and how we do that. So this is not rocket science. This is so simple that it's easy to overlook. This is something that any of us can do. But let's let's talk about some of the pitfalls, some of the challenges that we face in doing that. And I'm going to share some personal details with you. Okay, so I hope this is going to be a good show. Hope you could settle in, relax, grab a, pe- a beverage, a snack. I'm going to take a sip of my, my water right now. And um, and I'm prepared to hang out with you for the next 30 minutes. I, I hope you have nowhere to go. Hope you could stick around for the entire show because I really think this is some practical information. We'll also be talking about the Give Up Worry for Good program that kicks off in just about another week. Actually, in one week. Today is Monday the 7th. It kicks off on June the 14th. So we'll talk about that. And I'm excited about that. Um, Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't we pray, and then we'll do the rest of the show. Okay, please join me as we turn to our Father in Heaven, who is with us, who loves us, with an unconditional love, who is bigger than any of our problems. Let's turn to Him now, ask for what we need, and tell him how great we think he is. How about that? Ready? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, you are so amazing. Even though you don't need our praise, even though you don't need anything, because you are all-powerful, you are you're God, you're almighty. Even though you don't need these things, we want to praise you, Father. We want to thank you, because I think sometimes we need to remember how great and wonder, wonderful we are! You are, <laughs> we are, um, and and we also want to be thankful for the many ways that you bless us every day, starting with the gift of life, eternal life, which begins on this planet. Our eternal life in heaven with you, Father, begins on the day we were baptized, and it takes place in this existence on earth. That's where it starts. Sometimes we forget that. But Father, we're grateful for that. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for creating us. We thank you, Father, for really being in control of our lives, even though we don't always feel like you're in control. We thank you for being in control, Father. Um, We ask you to accept all of the problems, all the things that are weighing us down today. And we ask you to handle them for us. 
to give us either the strength to know what we're supposed to do, the wisdom of the strength to know what we're supposed to do with these problems. But ultimately, we turn to you for your supernatural help because we can't tackle the problems of life on our own. Sometimes they're just too overwhelming. So we ask you for help, Father. We lift up our our family, our friends. We lift up those who are sick and pray for their complete and total healing. We pray for peace in the world. We pray that your name, once again, Father, can be restored to a place of prominence so that nobody is afraid to mention God and that everybody is ready to give you the credit you deserve. We pray, Father, for anyone who is struggling with anxiety today, anybody who needs to be comforted. And we ask you, Father, to comfort whoever needs that comfort today. Father, I ask you to give me the words for this program. Give me the words that you would like to to deliver, you'd like me to deliver, and open all of our minds and our hearts to be receptive to your message and be willing to put it into practice. Father, thank you, and we ask you these things. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you for praying with me. I'm Gary Zimek. You are listening to Following the Truth. Very quickly, I want to talk about this program that I'll be kicking off next Monday. So it's a week from today. The summer version of Give Up Worry for Good. Now, I was on Catholic Connection today on EWTN EWTN Radio talking about this the, the way this is going to work. So I, I've mentioned it on the show. I'm just going to just briefly talk about it again here. Um, essentially, what's going to be happening happening is a week from today, I'm going to be leading a group study, sort of an online group study of my latest book, Give Up Worry for Good. We will we will begin it next Monday, and and the way it's going to work is that you will get the book if you want to participate, and then every day both on this program and on my daily email in my daily email reflection I'm going to expand on the 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 meditation the daily meditation in the book now we're still not talking more than a few minutes per day it's not going to be a burdensome exercise it's going to be easy we can all do this but I but I think what might help is if you heard from me some of my thought process when it comes to the daily reflections. And I'll, again, I'm going to share some, a few thoughts. I may not take all of this program to talk about it. I might still do what we do as I, as I look at the daily mass readings and get inspired to mention other things. But I, I am going to use this program to talk about the daily meditation in Give Up Worry for Good, in addition to my daily email reflection. Plus, I haven't decided this for for certain, um, for certain yet. But I will probably. I'll be almost. It's almost definite that I will be using some Facebook Live sessions as well, so we can talk about it even more on on uh, Facebook. So stay tuned for that. The key is to sign up for my daily email reflection. Let not your heart be troubled. That's the key. And that way you can get all of the details. I can keep you uh, informed as to all of the details about this, this eight-week program that will be starting. Give up worry for good. And here, look, here's the deal. 
After eight weeks, I can almost guarantee you are going to worry less. You might still have some fear. And and look, I do too. I, I struggle with my tendency to be anxious, but I know that I when I'm afraid now, I'm less likely to let that fear consume me and turn into worry. I'm less likely now because I realize how helpful Jesus can be with this whole process. And after eight weeks of doing this day by day, give up worry for good, I think I'm I'm fairly confident that you're going to be in a much better position so that you will worry less. We're we're all going to be in different at different places. I had a few incidents happen today that really took my peace away. Eventually I got back on track. I can be a little volatile sometimes. I can and, and look, it's no secret my wife and I were laughing about this last night. I tend to panic in situations. I don't do well on my feet when things start to go wrong. I really don't. It's that's the way I process things. I, I sometimes panic in new situations. I don't. I I can't be calm in, in certain predicaments, especially when it's something unexpected that uh, takes away my peace. But but there's a process, and I've learned to try. And I'm and I'm look. I'm a work in progress. I'm trying my best with with the help of God's grace to be able to instead of panicking and turn to worry when things go wrong or when the potential for things to go wrong begins to, to occur, I, I, I am better now at turning to the Lord and asking for His help. And I always make it a point to pray for the grace I need at the beginning of every day. I try to go to daily Mass, and um, that really helps me. I try to go to the Sacrament of Confession as often as I can. And and I really believe that together we can get to a better place over these eight weeks in the summer. I think the summer is the perfect time to think about this because it's a time when many churches are in offering programs. So we can do this together. Anyway, for more information, if you have not yet signed up, it's really simple. Just go to followingthetruth.com and you'll see the banner right at the top of followingthetruth.com. Click on the little caricature of me for the stress-free summer and you can you'll find out how to purchase the book sign up for the daily email reflection and then subscribe to the podcast but if you're listening to this podcast you're over you already got that part down but any new information that I'm going to be sending your way it's it's primarily going to come through the the email the daily email so make sure you sign up for let not your heart be troubled and then you're going to hear from me every day once each day, and then we'll, we'll begin next Monday. And I really think it's going to be good, okay? Followingthetruth.com. Let's see what else we have going on. I, I think that's about it for now. Let's get right into, into the show. There's this whole idea of comforting others. So the way this came about, by the way, I hope you had a great weekend. I'm sorry I hadn't said that. Yesterday was an incredible day. It was uh, the, the solemnity of Corpus Christi or the most holy body and blood of Christ. It's the day in, uh, on which we remember the incredible gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. You know, Christ said, he promised that he would never leave us. What a better way, what better way to fulfill that promise than to give his body, blood, soul, and divinity to us in the Eucharist. I mean, that's just an incredible gift. So he really is with us. And he never promised to take all of our problems away. 
But what he promised is to be with us and to help us, to give us what we need to deal with those temporary problems because every problem we face in this life is temporary. We got to remember that sometimes. It's temporary. And one day, either in this life or when we pass from this earth and head into the next life, at some point, that problem that's keeping you up at night, it will be gone. It will be gone. And it's so hard to remember that while you're getting bombarded with it. When you're in the middle of it, it is not easy. But one of the things that I try to do with my work is to remind you that the problems of this life are temporary. What we need to focus on is that relationship with Christ and let Him lead us back home to the Father. That's that's the goal of our life. To make it back home to our eternal home in heaven. I mean, I, I fully intend to get there. And I, I, I want you to feel that way too. It is absolutely possible for you to do that. But the secret is to stick with Jesus. So let's talk about this this second, uh, this first reading. It's from the second letter of St. Paul the, to the Corinthians. Again, this is from Daily Mass today. Right at the beginning of this second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 1, where verses 1 through 7, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother to the church, of God that is in Corinth, with all the holy ones throughout Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is doing is sending a greeting. This is a letter to the church at Corinth, and he starts it off by establishing his credentials that he was called to be an apostle, not one of the original 12, but he was called directly by Jesus to be an apostle. Now listen to what Paul says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our every affliction. So so what Paul is saying is that God our Father encourages us. He doesn't take the afflictions away. These are, sometimes he does, but quite often he doesn't. These things we're going through, these problems, this suffering, whatever it is, and it's, and it's going to be different for each one of us. And even if it's sort of the same, it's different because of the details. And it's different based on how we process it. For some people, uh, suffering, a particular kind of suffering is no big deal. Somebody can go through chemotherapy and, and really not get too freaked out about the idea of having cancer. But somebody else just is unable to relax at all and is devastated by this cancer diagnosis and, you know, the, 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 the awareness of their mortality. So not everybody responds to even the same situation in the same way. We're all, we're all different. God did make us all different, but he encourages us. God encourages us in our every affliction, every one, no matter whatever it is, so that why does he do that? So that we may be able to encourage those who, who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. Sounds like a lot of words here, but to just look at my example, 
I'm somebody who has struggled with anxiety. I have been overcome by worry. I have dealt with hopelessness. So the Lord has helped me. And he continues to help me. Because even even though I know the secret to being at peace, I still have this tendency to be anxious. I still have a tendency to panic when things go wrong. So I can relate to what it feels like. I, I know what it's like to be in the emergency room suffering from a panic attack. I know that because I've been there. So I can relate to you if that's your situation. So but the Lord has comforted me. He has brought me tremendous comfort, even in the midst of the sufferings that I've had to encounter over my life. And what he expects from me, and which I, what I hope I'm doing, is sharing with others how he has comforted me. And, and, you know, I make jokes about it sometimes when I'm out speaking, saying that I keep telling the Lord he's given me enough, enough material. I, I don't need any more but he keeps putting me in this, these situations because I believe he wants me to learn from them so that I can relate and I'm able to share, look, this is what I, this is what happened to me and here's how the Lord helped me. I mean, he has literally saved my life and I'm so grateful for that. And, and I think that's the message for us. Many of the I remember when I first heard the the do not worry message and I started reading what certain individuals wrote about it. I would I would love that message because I wanted somebody to tell me and I'm talking about faith-based uh, advice on how to overcome worry. I wanted somebody to give me some Bible verses. I wanted somebody to tell me how the Lord can bring peace into my life. And when I first got into this message and reading books on this, it, it was very appealing to me because it's like, ah, yes, finally, this is how I can get peace. This is how the Lord can give me peace. So initially, it was about me. But as time went on, I realized that I need to share this. And that's what happens when you have a relationship with Christ you get to know him, you get to love him, and then you realize it just it just overwhelms you, this feeling that I need to share him with others because there are people who don't know him who are suffering from anxiety, from the burden of sin, from hopelessness. People need to know Christ. And it's up to people like you and me to share him. And that's what Paul's getting at. God encourages us through the person of Jesus, through the working of the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't expect it to just end with us. Okay, I'm feeling better now, so I don't have to talk about it. No, we're called then to share him with others, and that's what Paul is getting at. That's what I really like about this. And he, he, <coughs> excuse me, he states, For as Christ's sufferings overflow to us, so through Christ does our encouragement also overflow. So that we get that encouragement from Jesus. Who leads us to the Father? Who reveals the Holy Spirit to us? You know, this all is centered upon Jesus. If we are afflicted, it is for your encouragement and salvation. So what Paul is doing, he's recognizing that I'm going to have to undergo, as an apostle, I'm going to have to undergo suffering, but that's good. That's so that I can show others what God has done in my life. And really, that's what expect, that's what is expected from each of us. And, and every one of us 
has people in our lives who need to hear that message. Paul says, if we are encouraged, it is for your encouragement, which enables you to endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Do you ever run into somebody who says, yeah, I, I understand. I, I know what it's like to lose my job. I lost my job, but I, 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 I found Jesus and he helped me. He helped me get through it. You know, you need somebody to share that with you and say, yeah, I, I was where you are. I understand. But you'll get through it because here's what I learned. And, and that's what we are all called to do. We're all called to share the good news with others. And we can do so much good for people who are suffering. And the fact that you might struggle. Maybe you haven't had an addiction in your past. Maybe you were a lukewarm Christian. Maybe you were somebody who was overcome with anxiety. Maybe you felt hopeless. And then Christ changed everything in your life. Well, that you've got a powerful witness because people are going to take you seriously. I hear a lot of times when people tell me, you, um, I, I listen to you, Gary, because I know you know what it's like to be a worrier. I know you know what it's like to deal with the, this burden of anxiety. And that's why I try to be as honest as I can because I want people to understand, look, I get it. This is not easy for me. It's not easy for me to stay calm when everything is going wrong. But I've learned over the years how helpful Jesus can be in these situations and how, how faithful he is. Paul ends this, this passage by saying, Our hope for you is firm, for we know that as you share in the sufferings, you also share in the encouragement. So he's not denying that the Corinthian church, the people of the Corinthian church, are not dealing with suffering. He's acknowledging it. As did Jesus when he said, in this life you're going to have problems. But, Jesus said, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. He's bigger than any problem we can ever face. All right, let's look at the responsorial psalm and I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I was thinking about this idea of appearing joyful. Psalm 34 Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. See, somebody else who is suffering. Here's you praising God. Maybe even in the midst of a crisis. Do you know what a powerful witness that is? Somebody else, the lowly, somebody who can't help themselves is going to hear you praising God, and they're going to be glad. I can't tell you how many times I've encountered someone who when I'm really, things are looking dark in my life, they may be going through something similar, something worse even. And when they have a positive disposition and when they praise God and thank Him, even in the storm, it's, that's very inspiring to me. And that definitely makes me glad. Glorify the Lord. Let us, ex let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You see, that would be a good witness. And that really puts into practice that, that instruction by Paul to comfort others with the comfort given to you by the Lord. You know, you could tell somebody in your life today, 
I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears, not necessarily from all my problems, but from my fears. Because even though some of the problems remained, and you know, you pray for something in your life, a crisis, sometimes the Lord takes it away, sometimes he doesn't. But if he can deliver you from the fear that goes along with that problem, that crisis, isn't that just as good? Because you know what? It's possible for him to take away the problem and you can still be afraid. That's possible because you might be afraid it might reoccur or something worse could happen. So we, we need to really get to the root of this. When we have a, a, a threatening situation in our life, why do we pray for it to be taken away? We pray for it to be taken away because we want to feel peaceful again. Well, what about if the Lord decides to give you that peace and let the problem remain? It can happen. And that's where we have to ask, are we open enough to, to accepting the answer to our prayers that God wants to give us? Listen to this part. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy. And this is, I believe, how we can, this is one of the best ways we can share the power of Christ with others by looking joyful. How do we do that? By looking at the Lord. The more time we spend with Him, the more time we focus on Him, and the less time we spend dwelling on our problems, the more joyful we will be. So that our faces radiate joy. That's possible. And I think sometimes what's necessary is just to to picture an image of Jesus in your mind. Just think about Him. Let that image fill your mind. And your problems begin to seem less important when you do that. doesn't mean you don't handle your problems. Yes, you have to handle your problems. But I think it's, it's critical. It's critical that we have that image of Jesus in our mind to picture him and to look to him and then to respond accordingly. What is joy? Joy is a response to the Lord's presence in our lives. That's what joy is. It's not a feeling. So he's with me. Maybe I should smile a little bit more. And I'm very guilty of this. This is something I have to work on and I am trying to work on so that other people can look at me and say, this guy's peaceful. Hey, Gary, what's your secret? Well, let me tell you a little bit about my friend Jesus. See, that's the way we can start off our evangelization efforts. By just looking peaceful and happy. And you'll be amazed. I mean... Maybe you won't be amazed. It's, it's, it's pretty attractive when somebody looks like that. You want what that person has. So try to share the comfort of the Lord with somebody today, and it, often a smile is all you need to do it, okay? Hey, I got to run. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. I hope to be with you tomorrow on Following the Truth.